0: with the Orange County Register and OCVarsity.com. And I'm joined once again by Steve Carrera, the boys and girls water polo coach at Orange Lutheran. And we are in semifinals and finals week here in the southern section for boys water polo season. And it's coming up uh, on this Wednesday, November 18th, at the uh, William, William Ouellette Aquatics Center. There's going to be a big six uh, semifinal games. So, Coach Carrero, thanks again for joining us, and how are you doing this evening?
1: Doing well, Dan. Thanks uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, and um, looking forward to some exciting games tomorrow night.
0: Well, Coach, it's been a while since we talked, so I want to say that it's uh, great to have you back on, and certainly have uh, missed you while you're uh, been focusing on your coaching, so we certainly understand that, but it's, it's, uh, it's great to be talking some more water polo with you again. And I want to give credit to the Orange Lutheran uh, drumline. That's our our, uh, our music that we come in and out of our shows too. So, um, Coach, let's get right into the, some of these games coming up on Wednesday. And I think the probably the best place to start off is going to have to be Division One. And uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna uh, delay here at all. But um, Division One semifinals again are going to be part of a six-match showcase of uh, semifinals at the at the at the Woolpool in Irvine. And the first uh, Division One semifinal is coming up at five o'clock. It's going to be the two-time defending champion Harvard Westlake of Studio City against Huntington Beach, back in the semis for the second year in a row. And that's going to be the five o'clock game. You guys just played Huntington Beach in, in, a, in a game that I uh, want to say thanks for the uh, for the for the entertaining match on Saturday. That was a great game, ten nine uh, Oilers. Over uh, Orange Lutheran in the in the uh, set in uh, overtime, but what do you think about this uh, first Division One semifinal? Uh, Harvard has beaten Huntington Beach twice this year. One game was close, relatively close. One game was not. What's your take on this game, Coach?
1: Well, first, uh, thank you for having me back. I really appreciate it. I'm, um, you know, it's always good talking water polo here in Orange County, and um, you know, I'm excited for the semifinals obviously wish we were uh, part of that playing, but I think this Huntington beach Harvard Westlake game, you know, I think it's going to, I think it's going to start off pretty exciting. I think it's going to start off, uh, you know, high energy. And I think both teams are going to feel, feel, you know, um, see what everyone's doing, see what the game plan is. But, um, I think Harvard Westlake is, you know, they're, they're a very good team. And, um, you know, there's really only been one team that's been able to beat them uh, over the last couple of years. And um, I just don't think Huntington Beach has the the firepower to be able to to keep up with uh, Harvard-Westlake. Um, I think that, he, you know, with Ben Halleck in the middle, that just presents a nightmare for anybody. So that, that just creates more opportunities because you have more six-on-fives. You have um, people getting in foul trouble and things of that nature. And so... I just think Harvard Westlake is too loaded this year uh, to lose in the semi. Uh, I think Huntington's going to keep it close for a while, but I do anticipate Harvard going on a run um, at some point. And they don't need much time. You know, the only thing I think that is might be working against Harvard is the fact that Ben Halleck has sat out for several games. Um, you know, I, I know he had an injured thumb and didn't play that second. You know, or the, the the end of the fourth quarter, or the fourth quarter up in North-South Challenge against Modern Day. Modern Day ended up winning that game. And so, uh, you know, wonder if there's some chemistry issues coming in in the very beginning of the game. That's why I think it's going to be close in the beginning. Um, but uh, in the end, I think too much Halleck, uh, too much Felix, and uh, I think Harvard uh, takes it.
0: Yeah, I, Harvard will be my pick as well. Though, so, um, and I, I was mis- I, I misspoke when I said Huntington Beach actually has lost to Harvard West like three times this season. So they, the last meeting was at the North South Challenge. You remember you uh, jarred my memory there. So it was it's, in that last game they played was 12-6. But you know Huntington Beach is coming off a uh, emotional uh, big victory in the, in, in the quarterfinals, so I think that's going to give them some extra mo- momentum. And I, I do like the Oilers' uh, depth in this, and especially at two meters. Uh, and they have some science too. Um, they have some a couple really lockdown guys that I think took some really important roles against Orange Lutheran and showed that they could defend. And um, you know, one guy, you know, they have a big kid, Jacob Kavano, who's a sophomore, is about six foot four. They always could go Ethan Wojakowski, who really impresses me at, at about six foot two. Um, he's an interesting guy because he's an amazing swimmer, and he's amazingly fit. He's not—he's not an easy. And he's, he's pretty long for his his size. He's got long arms. He's an interesting guy because he can go. It seems like he can play eight, nine quarters, no problem. Um, he really impressed me with his fitness. Yeah. So, and they have some different guys that can um, can defend. And I like Patrick Sa- uh, Saunders. Is pretty uh, active going, but I think. It's going to be tough, but you know, Huntington has that Division One semifinal experience last year. They played Modern Day, and just like you alluded to, Coach, they came out strong against Modern Day, and then they just couldn't hang around. I think they played Modern Day well for the you know first quarter, maybe the first half, almost the first half, and then it kind of got away from them. But I I, I like them to play pretty well. But I'll you know my pick will be Harvard.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I agree with you. I mean, I think Huntington Beach. Clearly has talent. I mean, they're they're a good team, and I think I do think they're deep. They might be one of the deepest teams, if not the deepest deepest team in uh, Division One. To be honest, they have some good guys coming off the bench, but you know, I, I you know, Huntington has some experience. Harvard has more experience, and um, you know, I think that and just Ben Halleck is unguardable one on one, and so you know if, if Harvard is very very patient they're not the type that's going to just go down pull up and take a quick shot from the outside they're going to pass it around for you know a good amount of time they're not going to take a shot unless it's 5 seconds or less which kind of eliminates that counterattack opportunity for for Huntington and i think you know for Huntington to be successful they're going to need to get some easy goals they're going to need to get some counterattacks and they're going to have to do very well in their 6 on 5 and um, you know, I think just, and I, I obviously don't know Huntington Beach's stats, but, you know, the games that they've played against us, just a, a, as a snapshot, has they have not been really over 40%, 45% on six on five. I think you're going to have to do better than that if you want to win the semifinal.
0: For sure. For sure. They, uh, and they struggled in that area against you guys on Saturday but they did some other things right, obviously got the, uh, got the victory. Absolutely. So, but let, let's look at that, uh, next semifinal is going to be at, uh, seven o'clock. This is, uh, this is kind of a, the way this, this, uh, card lays out on Wednesday and we're going to run through it all for all these division games. This is kind of the grand finale. That's where we're we'll starting. We're kind of maybe working our way, um, from the, uh, from the, the end to the, uh, you know, this is a, this is a grand finale game and I think it's well placed is what I'm trying to say. This is, I think a nicely strategic um, game because this is a game that water polo fans. As, as this card starts at three thirty on Wednesday afternoon, you're gonna you're gonna want to stay for this game. No matter what time you get at Woollett, if you get there at four, you know four or five or six, you know you're gonna be staying for the seven o'clock game. And that's gonna be Modern Day against Loyola. Modern Day, the number one seed. Loyola, the number four seed. Uh, the Cubs coming off eleven nine victory against um Cronin Del Mar and. The last time Modern Day and Loyola played, it was Loyola that won at U, up at USC, and that was a game that kind of surprised uh, a lot of water polo fans. Uh, it wasn't, you know, terribly surprising um, to me. I think Loyola is very talented. They're fast. They got good size. Um, they have a lot of setters. Uh, they have, they have three lefties. There's a lot of talent on that uh, Cubs team, and 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 for Modern Day, they were just coming off the, the grueling North South challenge. They had uh, they had already beaten Loyola twice. Um, they, you know, Loyola is going to come out second in their league behind Harvard. So, Modern Day knew that um, you know that this game maybe didn't matter too much, but it was a big victory for Loyola, and it's going to give them a lot of confidence. And I think subsequently, I'm expecting this game to be very close. And uh, and I think Modern Day really has uh, work cut out for uh, for them because Loyola is a program that's very accustomed to being in the spotlight, and I think they're going to come down and play well. I don't think... Uh, now, they, they're they probably... They're much tougher at this, these, you know, this part of the season up in L.A., but I think they can come down and play well. I, I would be surprised if this thing gets away from the Cubs too much.
1: Yeah, no, this is definitely going to be a good game, and I think um, Loyola getting... Sort of getting that monkey off their back and beating modern um gives them a lot of confidence going in. Um, you know, I, I do think that you know, modern day has been been playing well all year, and um, you know, ever since that loss to Harvard Westlake uh, in the in Santa Barbara, they've sort of been on a tear up until the Loyola loss, and you know, you don't know what's behind all that. I mean, you know. Uh, I think modern day is still the favorite. You know, you you don't know if Chris, uh, the modern day coach was doing, trying, trying different things, trying different looks, you know, maybe anticipating a, a rematch in the semi. Um, you know, I think these coaches at, at, you know, the division one, I mean, really across the board. I mean, the coaches are, are looking at these matchups and, and seeing what might end up happening. Um, and so are you, you don't know if maybe he was trying some new stuff up there. I didn't see the game, so I don't know. But, uh, I mean, I, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Loyola. I mean, they're a great team, for, for right. sure. Um, but I do think that Modern Day is, um, you know, they're going to come out fired up, and I think that uh, Modern Day is going to take this one. And I definitely think Loyola is going to keep it close, I mean, for the majority of the game. But I, do, I think that Modern Day is really good at taking advantage of a couple of turnovers here and there and they capitalize on that better than probably any other team um, they capitalize on your mistakes and that's when a tie game turns into a three or four goal lead and in a you know in a in a close game with two good teams two or three easy goals it's it's over so uh, i think it's gonna be end up being a two or three goal game modern day wins this one yeah, I'm going to pick
0: the Monarchs as well. You know, that last game they played was 8-7 Loyola over Modern Day. The game I saw them play was at the, it was in the finals of the South Coast tournament. And that was a pretty lopsided uh, you know, game there where, you know, Modern Day just rolled over them um, 13 to 5. You a big counterattack. Thomas Dunson played uh, great for Modern Day in that game. And then the, the the first meeting between these two teams was was a, was a kind of an eye catcher for me early in the season. It was a nine seven victory, Day over Loyola. I thought that was wow, it's a close, you know, competitive uh, game up in Santa Barbara semifinals. And then the next game later that day, that was the big blowout by you know Harvard West, like they beat 12 twelve three, and that I, was um, that's how that went.
1: And I mean, I I I think Loyola is a very very good team. I mean. We played them. They're very well coached, disciplined, and like you said, they have a lot of talent and they're deep. You know, I would say that they're a very deep team as well. Um, you know, I would like to see a, a game go all the way down to the wire. To be honest, so I mean, for for this as a fan, I definitely hope that it's a it's a close game all the way through. And um, these teams have been playing each other enough to know what's going to happen, and um, I know that when Loyola lost to them at South Coast, you know, that really wasn't the Loyola team that y- you've seen the entire year, you know, if you watch them in multiple venues, they just had a really bad game, I mean, honestly, they just they just didn't play well in the South Coast final, um, so, uh, you know, Santa Barbara, when they played, um, they were missing their two-meter defender, I remember talking to... Eric Healy, their coach, and he was like, Yeah, you know, he was very happy after the game. He was saying he was missing a couple players. He was very happy. So maybe the Loyola modern day, you know, Loyola beating modern day wasn't a fluke. Maybe it was just we're at full strength. We're finally playing well and uh, we're better than this team. So I guess we'll see uh, tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, you know, and modern day has the mentality I think they don't want to ever lose to anybody. And, but maybe it, it, can, it can, you know, some of those, uh, those thoughts that I mentioned about maybe how this match couldn't uh, change things—it could maybe uh, seep into the player's mind. But modern day, you know, no question about it, is going to have to play well. Oh yeah. White is going to—he's going to have to—he's another lefty for modern day. He's a great distributor. There's there's different ways for him to contribute. He's going to have to play well. Dunston is going to have to assert himself, um, you know, and, and, and put away some shots and be a big threat. And um, Guys like you know, I like the way, especially uh, middle to late season. Sean Duncan is being very active at two meters. He's got to keep up that. And then uh, Jackson Seibold, you know, is a sophomore who can who can um, really stir up some momentum and hit some outside shots, play some big time D. So Moderday is going to have to play an A game, or this, or they could be in trouble.
1: Modern day and and you know what, one com- important component because modern Day is such a good defensive team is, I mean, their goalie has to be on. You know the goalie has to be playing well um, for them for them to win. Um, so and I know that they play a couple of. day plays a couple of young guys. So you know if Loyola can take advantage because they have some experience, they could take advantage of some of the young guys. Um, I think you know that puts Loyola in a very good position. Um, they're they're dangerous. I mean Loyola is a very dangerous team. I think if they're on with their outside shooting, they're very tough to beat
0: yeah and, and one of the secrets I think that sometimes doesn't get um, you know you know everyone focuses and rightfully so and I understand they're gonna focus on you know how many times modern day uh, has won the championship and and their battle with uh, Harvard Westlake at the top but you know another great streak uh, for modern day really is, is since they've been in division one they have they've been nails in the semifinals yeah. I mean they have they have uh, just as impressive, I mean a, also a very impressive streak in uh, semifinals. They have always played, you know, extremely well. Uh, we're talking, I guess we're talking about 2010, um, would it be, you know, the first time they kind of got into Division One? And every one of those semifinals, you know, every year it seemed like, uh, including one against Loyola, actually, was uh, there was one year in 2011, Modern Day one against Loyola, 19-5, to I remember that game. But, you know, if you look at all those semifinal scores, Modern day has really played well, and and they, and, and actually, what I think has happened, in my opinion, actually, and there was uh, another semifinal in 2013 that was seven five. But I've always thought that Modern day has played some of its best games in the semifinals, mm-hmm. and then in the finals they have struggled, uh, and maybe they played the better team or the team that was really geared up to them. But I've always thought they played their best in the semis, and they. They've had some nervous moments, uh, a, a few nervous moments in finals, and of course they've been losing the last couple of years in the finals, yeah. but they've looked nails in the semis, coach.
1: No, I mean, they have. I mean, and I think it's clear because they've been in the final for so long. I mean, they they are, they have been a uh, very tough team to beat, and things just seem to go, um, you know, they're prepared. Things things go well for them. Um, and on the flip side, you know, and to be perfectly frank on the flip side loyola has not really had that success i mean they're really still trying to get over the hump it seems like every year loyola is that team that team that team that team um but they're they haven't been able to get there to that to that final to that final okay. game so you know maybe this is this might be the year you know they they could come out and you yeah good the point on that one coach
0: yeah, I don't think if uh, if I have to go off the top of my head, and of course Loyola's an LA team, but I want to say has never made it to the uh, Division One uh, finals. Yeah, I with so they. I, would will, agree I think they're you, looking but... for their first. That would be a major uh, breakthrough.
1: And I mean that that psychological thing is is always tough. You know, I mean that that's a tough thing to to overcome sometimes. But I mean, the one thing that Loyola does, you know, you gotta point to is Eric Healy's been there and as a player he's, you know, he's won national championships I mean, so he knows how to win, you know, and so I mean, just it's it's just a matter of translating that over to his players and, and the players performing, so, you know, I agree with you, I think it's gonna be a, a very, very good game, but I'm, I'm not pulling back from my earlier statements of saying that I think yeah. modern day's you know, at some point, someone's going to make a mistake. And, and I just feel like when Loyola makes a mistake, Modern Day is able to capitalize just a little bit more efficiently than Loyola. And I think that's, you know, where where things are going to get in trouble. And, you know, they need their coach. I mean, Loyola needs their coach. I Eric, he's a very emotional guy. He's really, you know, fired up. And um, I think when he's calm and... I think the team plays a little bit more balanced when he's up in arms and going crazy. I think sometimes things get a little hectic. So, um, you know, I, I think we'll see how they perform under the lights. I mean, it's a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah, and they have some key seniors actually this year, where they have uh, guys like Thomas Carey's a senior. Um, Marco, Marco Babich, Babich, excuse me, is a junior. He's he's one of their standout players. They have this kid. Um, Luka uh, Milosevic Mm -hmm. who's a senior, he's pretty good Uh, I think uh, uh, Armin is another good player Um, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name but uh, Armin's a senior attacker Um, they're they're fast
1: and they have several Division 1 caliber players I mean, you know I think from the quarterfinals on in Division 1 um, no offense to the other divisions, but in Division One, I feel like the quarterfinals and on, you have a tremendous amount of talent playing in, in those games. And, um, you know, I think you're going to see or hear these names for a very long time, you know, all the way through college and national team and all the way up to the Olympics. I mean, there's definitely future Olympians playing, um, not just in the quarterfinals, but tomorrow night and in the finals, no doubt
0: it's going to be a great display and for waterfall fans i always you know i write the same note every year but i have no problem doing it is that this is the best bargain for a waterfall fan if you're you know you go to the pool i mean who doesn't want to save a couple who wants to you know wants to who doesn't want to save a few bucks and get a good bargain everybody yeah. does yeah and you get one ticket for 10 bucks as an adult five bucks for a kid and you get to see all these games starting at three we'll, we'll run down the schedule here as we close out our podcast and we thank all the water polo fans for, for listening to our podcast. But then, you know, if you go to the finals on Saturday, and I definitely recommend it, but what happens is, is that they have different sessions, and you have to kind of pay for different sessions, and you don't get to see everything. Here on, on Wednesday, you can go back and forth, pool the pool. Um, it's great for the spectators, and you get to see a lot of a lot of action. So this is, Wednesday is is a great place to, to go over to the, the water pool, which is going to be great. Bring your jacket. It might be a little chilly, but the action is going to be hot in the, in the pool coach. Let's just run down, uh, quickly a couple of these other games on this, uh, this card, as we kind of wrap up our podcast here. And we'll just touch on these real briefly, but in division two, which is also an excellent division, you've got defending champion Foothill, who's, you know, top seed is look like the juggernaut. They're undefeated against all division two teams this year. Foothill plays Damien of Laverne, six thirty. uh, in one semifinal, in the earlier semifinal is going to be Dana Hills, the number two seeded going against near Costa and a Manhattan Beach. and Dana Hills looking for their first uh, trip to a uh, finals. I think they're going to make it, I, and I do think Foothill is going to win as well. I think Foothill could be pretty dominant against Damien, though Damien has been an improved team. I saw them play earlier this year, and they had a very tough go against Dana, who is an excellent team. But I'm looking for Foothill, and their big three players of Mike Miller, Chaz Hornerker, and Bobby Lee, those three big seniors taking Foothill into the finals. And then that's one, you a know, dynamic one-two punch of Bennett Williams from Dana Hills along with um, Jack McLaughlin. I, I see them uh, getting Dana Hills into the finals uh, for the first time, and then we get that real good Division II uh, final. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, I love Matt Rosa. I feel like he should be coach of the year this year. No influence there. I think he's done a tremendous job at Dana Hills this year. I think some people counted him out, but Bennett Williams has completely stepped up um, and, uh, you know, has provided a an amazing, um, you know, just backbone for the team. Um, you know, but Miracosta, they are there every single year it seems like um, they're you know they are well coached um, I think that's gonna be a very very good game that could be an overtime game the the, the Dana Hills Miracosta game I feel is gonna be an overtime game I'm not gonna say I, I can't pick a winner um well, actually, I will. I'm gonna say Dana Hills wins, <laughs> but um, you know, I I like Matt. He's a friend of mine, and um, you know, I'm pulling for him for sure. A Foothill game, Foothill damien I you know, uh, I have to say, I think Foothill's gonna take this one. Um, you know, I I definitely think that uh, uh, Foothill's a very good team, really Division One type team. Um, yes. Yeah. And so I I think that there's gonna be it's gonna be Foothill winning this one over Damian Um, and one more note on um, Dana Hills uh, not just Bennett Williams but also uh, Riley Zachary in the uh, in the goal has played like ridiculous so you know I think that foundation of great offense great defense you know I think that's why Dana Hills wins that game
0: yes and that Miracosa coach I want to give a shout out to because he is an outstanding coach and Miracosa's got impressive history like you said you can't um, don't overlook Miracosta. They've won two, uh, championships, and that's uh, John Ricard. Yeah, uh, Card and, and they do an outstanding job with that program. So that's going to be a formidable uh, game for Dana Hills as no, well. So, for sure. So, and then what's going to kick off this card here at the World Center on, on Wednesday is going to be uh, Marietta Valley and Montebello playing. at. So there's two pools at the complex if you haven't ever been to the World Pool. So they'll play these games in sight. Side-by-side pool. And one, you're going to have Marietta Valley, the top seed, playing Montebello, who's won some close games to make it to the uh, semifinals. They actually had a one-goal victory in the first round against a, a improved Costa Mesa team. And uh, that CMAC uh, club program is really feeding uh, the turnaround um, there at uh, Costa Mesa. And then you have, so they, Montebello won by one goal against Costa Mesa in the first round, and then they came back in the, uh, the quarterfinals, and they won by two goals, 11-9, over Park, which was the uh, was kind of the surprising number four seed in this division. So that's interesting. Murrieta Valley, top seed. Um, and then the, the big one here for Orange County is the other semifinal. That's the game I'll be starting my day off with tomorrow. 3.30, Capo Valley and the defending champion, Laguna Beach Breakers, who, uh, you know, you got this interesting game where you have Capital Valley, who's got one of the best players in Orange County, Harvard commit Austin Seacrest. If you haven't seen this kid, he's a lot of fun to watch. He's a, he's a talented player. Harvard's got a good player coming their way. He's a physical kid. He's, he's uh, very strong with the ball, uh, very aggressive. So Laguna Beach is going to have their, their, their hands full of him. And then Laguna Beach, the same champions, they've kind of revamped um, their, their uh, team. They lost a lot of seniors from their championship team of the year ago. But you know, you obviously have one of the best coaches around, Ethan Damato. So you know, of course, here they are. This is what uh, this is what Laguna Beach does. They pretty much boys or girls, they push on and they make deep runs in the playoffs. And one, I would love to see this. I don't know if it's going to happen because you know, as you know, you can give us the insight, coach, and you know these teams. You got Austin Seacrest from Capo Valley, and then hey, you got Jacob um, Calladay at. Laguna, do you, do you hook up these guys and let them go at it, but you don't want them to get foul trouble, so maybe they have to be separate, but um, Laguna's 2-0 against Capo um, this year, so do you, what do you think, coach, do you, do, you, do these guys, do you think these star guys going to lock up, or do you think the coach is going to keep them separate so they don't get in foul trouble and they can play four quarters?
1: Well, I mean, I think you put your best defender on their best offensive player, I mean, I know it sounds stupid to say it, but it's <laughs> it's true, I mean, now, if, if Laguna's best defender is not necessarily their best you know offensive player then you got to go with what's been working um but I agree with you in Austin Seacrest and and Laguna is more of a blue collar type team I mean I I think Capo is too but Austin Seacrest has a little bit of you know flashy star power to him um you know I love the way he plays very athletic very passionate never quits on any play so like if you think you have the ball, you know he'll come up with it somehow and, and throw a backhand in or something. Um, so very crafty. Um, Saw so got to see him at the um, South Coast tournament and uh, was very very impressive. I was I'm stoked for uh, uh, the coach at Harvard, Ted Minnis, and the the player that he gets with him. But uh, I I just yes. I do think that you know Laguna has a lot of recent experience. And I think that always helps. Yancey has been there. I mean, he's been there several times recently as well. Um, but you know, I think this is a toss up. I think this is another game where it's going to be very, very exciting. It's going to come down to the wire. And I think a lot of people might look back and say, this should have been the final, you know, sort of uh-huh. like the uh, Foothill CDM semifinal of the girls a couple years back.
0: Yeah, and actually, um, this is the what I, I, I misspoke on this one as well. It, this is the second meeting between these teams, it, so it's it's. Just, they had one meeting, not, and it was at the it was right at the end of the regular season, and Laguna Beach won nine to six against Capital. That was the only meeting I was mistaken, and that game was tied six six going into the fourth quarter. So that means Laguna won the last quarter three zero. Holiday had uh, four goals in that game. Seacrest had two goals. Skylers. Um, uh, Stanton from Capo had two goals as well. So, uh, Collide had the big game. Uh, you know, another fine senior, he's going to be uh, a recruit to watch as well. So, you know, and I think I have to double check my, um, my notes from Coach Yancey, but I think if he can win this game, it would be his 500th career victory. Wow. No, I'm sorry. No, it's uh, it's if he wins the finals. If wow. he wins this game, it'd be 499 is after her career, which wow. includes a long and, and successful stint at San Clemente, where he won a Division One title, and I'm pretty sure he coached Jeremy Laster, uh, Olympian. Yes. So he, he he so he gets 499 if he can win on Wednesday. Then he'd be going for 500 in the finals, how unbelievable would that yeah, be that would for Coach Yancey? That would be
1: so, pretty uh, cool. I mean, <laughs> you know, I love Yancey. I mean, Yancey is, uh, uh, you know, I like, I, I have a lot of love for Ethan as well, but, you know, Yancey is, he's a grinder still, you know. He still is very, he's old school, but he gives back. Right. He gives back to the sport too, you know. I mean, he refs on the weekends. You see him refing some big college games here and there. You know, he knows a lot. um he knows a lot about the sport. He's And I got a chance to sit down with him poolside um, at our last game of girls' JOs that we played at Capel Valley. He was refing actually, and we just got to talk for like an hour. Um, and he has that same philosophy about, man, you know, playing together year-round and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, he told me that, you know, coaching those San Clemente teams, the fact that they were playing year-round was very – was really rewarding for him. And and now that he got a chance to coach Capo and really build them back up to the power, because, you know, you can't forget about Don Cholodenko there at Capo for many years, who was just dominant at Capo Valley, but then it took a a pretty steep drop and uh, Yancey was really able to pick it back up and build it from, from scratch, really um, build it back up to what it is now.
0: That's right. You know, it's, it's been a while. I mean, um, uh for capitol valley to be this strong they had a uh, they were getting to get pretty good actually when they had a they had coach uh, lynch uh jason lynch was there for a little while yep. before yancey he was starting to get it going before he went to newport and uh coach bill barnett uh snatched up uh coach lynch and i, bet, brought up to and I believe Harbor.
1: i believe amber stahowski was was around there too right Mike Mike Stachowski's daughter, Amber, was, I think, playing at Capo at that time as well. Oh,
0: yeah. All the Stachowski girls were yeah. part of Capo uh, Valley uh, water polo, and um, I believe the first one was uh, Ashley, yeah. um, if I'm not uh, mistaken, and then it was Amy, and uh, Travis Stakowski was a fine player, but I believe he uh, played, he finished up at Foothill, yeah. but yeah, Stakowski's were there, they have a strong tradition, um, and, yeah, and and Coach Jansen's got them in a big game, so that's going to be a great way to start off that uh, Wednesday uh, afternoon with that uh, with that game, and of course we're all working toward the uh, the finals, which are going to be at all day on Saturday, November twenty first. But first we have to get through the semifinals. So, and I want to give a little shout out because uh, you, you know it's Orange County game, and uh, Coach Tim Frederickson of Seegerson was kind enough to jump on a podcast. But can't forget about Orange County fans. Can't forget about Mount Sachs uh, on Wednesday night, is going to be hosting the uh, Division 6 semifinals. Seekers from the top seed is taking on Valencia Placentia and that's going to be a real good game at 7.30. The 6 o'clock is the other semifinal, also at Mount SAC, and that's going to be the number two seed, Temescal Canyon, taking on the defending champion, Malibu Sharks. So uh, that's going to be an outstanding game um, as well. So we've got to keep an eye on those Division 6 uh, semis as well. So Coach Carrera, I know... Uh, you're in the girls' season now. Orange Lutheran girls, I believe, are ranked third in the Division One preseason poll, right behind um, defending champion, two-time defending champion Laguna Beach, and uh, Foothill, and then is Lancers. But are you gonna be able to get over to Woods to see some of these games, even though you're, you know, you're you're right into the girls' season?
1: You know what? I mean, like I say on every podcast, I know it's getting old. But, I mean, if you're a water polo fan and you really, truly care about the sport, you've got to go. you got to go support. You have to be involved. You have to be in the crowd. Um, you know, I know that the finals are being streamed. You know, we decided not to stream. Uh, this semi, but, you know, I don't know, I might change my mind. <laughs> if, if it's not too late, I don't know. I mean, these games are pretty good, but I think it's important to go out there, support, be there, and uh, bring bring your kid, bring your club kids. Um, it's a great night, great atmosphere, and, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to going out and checking out some games, and, um, you know, l- like we said, you know, don't just, Division One is going to be great, it's going to be a great show, but, you know, don't don't rest on uh some of these other ones because division division three division two are no joke either they're going to be some good games
0: they are they are so i'll be running around you know crazy trying to keep uh stats of uh six games at one time and trying to get a couple post-game interviews and maybe do a little video so i'll be running around crazy but i will uh, look to say hello to you coach and uh oh, sure. so and um Thanks again to all the water polo fans. Thanks to Coach Steve Carrera of Orange Lutheran for jumping on the podcast once again. And um, we appreciate all you guys listening, and we will uh, be back uh, next week uh, to get you, uh, give you a good wrap-up from the uh, Southern Section Boys Division I Finals. So until then, thanks again for joining us. on <laughs>